Empire. You thought you knew, but you have no idea. It's the urban sports scene. You are listening to the urban sports scene with Wole and Ray. I mean, and Ray Jeezy, the homie will tease out, and we part. We are part of Amplifier Media at AmplifierMedia.com. What's going on, Ray Jeezy? It's good to be in the building. I don't think I've been in person since. Sometime in August, we do a lot of HBCU Corner. We're online, and I've obviously been part of another show with you, of course. Yeah, of course. But first time in person, so good to see you, sir. Dude, you know what? <laughs> I don't know. I don't but know what I was about. Basically, to say. though, it's like you are on the show, live, I, in, in, I, indirectly. I, I am, <laughs> but I'm trying to. I'm just trying to think back. I feel like I saw you that had nothing to do in, in a situation that had nothing Has, to do with, with like in the person? show. Maybe, uh, maybe not. not. I don't know, man. I don't know, but it's. Yeah, I've been on the move lately, though. You have so have you. So have can you. you tell, but can you tell folks about like, you know what? You haven't even talked about. You was in North Carolina, like. Oh, when I was in Charlotte. Yeah. Well, it's been some time now. But that they was, don't know. That was Labor Day weekend. Yeah. Aggie Eagle Classic yeah. at the uh, Carolina Panther Stadium. Sorry, I don't remember the name of the stadium right now, but <laughs> it's a Bank of America. It's a Bank of America. Bank of America Stadium. Right, that's true. Cool. Awesome experience. Seeing just Aggie pride in person. I hear a lot about Jiho, the the homecoming in North Carolina A&T, and seeing how they showed up. It was like an A&T. Home game. I said that mm-hmm. during our interview, which is going to, I mean, you can catch, catch it on YouTube, of yeah, course, of course yeah. with Coach Shumpert. But it was crazy how I'm looking at these HBCUs come together, mm-hmm. and I was just happy. It wasn't my HBCU, neither one. Central, I didn't go to Central. I didn't go, of course, to a <laughs> and But I was just, I just, it yeah. just felt good. And then the, the weekend festivities, uh, they had the HBCU Pride run on that Saturday morning, which I attended. And so many HBCUs were represented, and mine wasn't. Still angry about that. But next year, I plan to be there. I told them I was coming to run, and I was going to represent UMES. But overall, I just have love for all HBCUs. I love in the direction we're headed. The Mikey Williams story broke today. We already kind of yeah, knew that anyway. Yeah. Even though I'm not sure. He, I, I wouldn't visit Jackson State, by the way, dude. It's a and or Howard. That, that's it. Those are the only two options if you're going to play ball at yeah. HBCU. Like, you you're talking about visiting? He's visiting He's visiting Jackson State. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he's saying he's considering HBCU, which he, he has been since McCore Maker made the, yeah, the announcement. Yeah, yeah. I'm just saying Jackson State is not where it is. Now, if you think you're going to go there and you and Dion going to be on commercials together, you will make a lot of money, though. I will say that. So if it's from a business perspective, because he already has NIL deals yeah, already. Yeah, already. Already. So he, he said, I'm like, if you already have that, you already got buzz, Howard would be a good spot. A&T's basketball program is on up and up, and they're in a better um, conference. Mm-hmm. So anyway. That, that, that's my thing. I love it, Did man. that. Went to, went to New York this past week in Times Square, off the chain. I will yeah. never drive in New York City probably ever again in my life. <laughs> oh, so well, you, did you find parking? Because you, t- you asked me about parking. Yeah, I did, but I don't want to talk about that. Yeah, it's I, just, I, guess, no, I mean, you just, I just said you find parking. I'm not I, uh, of course. Now, there's some things I learned. There's yeah. some things I learned about New York City that I didn't know before. But mm-hmm. just been on the road a lot, and it's been cool. But I got to respect professional athletes and many who live out of suitcases. Tough life. I, I will say, like... Times Square, it's, it's 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 overwhelming. It's a lot. It's a lot, man. It's a lot. It's bro. a lot. I mean, we, we took, of course, some dope pictures, and yeah. everyone's like, "Dang, I can't wait!" And I want to go there for New Year's Eve. Never, <laughs> unless <laughs> unless you pay me to make an appearance at the at, you, at, at Times Square, I, I will you. never consider going on New Year's Eve. Yeah, that's a lot, man. Like, uh, I'm sorry. I never see so many people in one place. And my girl listening, she she listening, she took me uh-huh. to Times Square. Like, what's up, Kira? But yeah, um, yeah, that was. A lot. <laughs> Too much. It was a lot, bro. Too it much. It was, man. But I'm glad you had it. You had a good weekend. I was at a PA, uh, Philadelphia, outskirts of Philadelphia over the weekend. It was cool. 
Um, me and my girl spent some quality time, so it was cool. Um, yeah, I was say you've been on the move yourself. Yeah, exactly. And like, put I like out, small, I like quiet places, dude. Like, I don't like, I like, I'm starting to be like, like I don't need things jumping. You know, when we were younger, we like jumping spots, but like now I've become like a dude that just likes quiet places. Let me say this before we get started. Yeah, go ahead. We can compare our HBCU experience to like Lupo's because that was our <laughs> college party experience, yeah, exactly. and both were dope. Yeah. And we always ask the athletes that come on, like, how was it when you went to this school? Like, our, our Kamar Avery interview just dropped, and he talked about the differences. Actually, I feel like he tipped the scales towards HBCUs. Yeah, he did. Which too. most do, but mm-hmm. uh, we interviewed Miles College running back. Oh, that's a good one, yeah. And uh, yeah. he kind of said, nah, man, when I was at Michigan, they were it was, uh, it was all the chain. Exactly. Why is his name not coming to me right oh, now? Oh, uh, Kingston Days. Kingston Days. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we, we got the experiences, and – I'm just looking now how we want something slower paced. <laughs> it reminds me of when we did want things popping. Yeah. <laughs> now, now we're we're wanting the intimate exactly, no. jazz club experience. <laughs> exactly. You know what time it is, bro. Anyway, I mentioned Amplifier Media. Amplifier Media hosts multiple DMV sports podcast shows, such as the John Kime Report, hosted by ESPN Washington Commanders insider John Kime, and Jones Football, hosted by USA Today insider Mike Jones. And you can subscribe to our podcast on Stitcher, Spotify, iTunes. Tune in iHeartRadio, and Google Podcasts, Just Thirsty Urban Sports Scene. Ray mentioned about our YouTube channel. Make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel, the Urban Sports Scene YouTube channel. Um, hit, hit some likes, like the videos, like our HBCU Corner videos. You know, I mean, you know, we have <laughs> That's one. That's mainly what it is. That's what it is. But still, though, a lot of them doing, they doing what they need to do. You know Absolutely. what I'm saying? Absolutely. Uh, recently, we just posted. Well, we'll talk about that later. I don't want to. Just make sure you check it out. You know what I'm saying? Kamari. Kamar Averett. Yeah, Averett. Yeah, Kamar Averett. Dope dude. He's going, he's going to the league. Yeah, so make sure. And he's you know he's, he's a tight end uh, for Bethune-Cookman. So make and he sure. compared himself to Jordan Reed. He said Jordan Davis on the, on the interview, yeah, but he's, he's talking about Jordan, Jordan Reed, Reed which, yeah, which yeah. is pretty cool. Jordan Reed. Uh, My DMV said, folks. Yeah, talking about Waller. was compared to himself Darren to Waller. Waller. Yep. Um, and also, we got an interview with uh, Kenny Anderson, man, which is dope. If you, if you were, DM, oh, yeah. if you were back in the day, Hooper, you know Kenny Anderson. New York legend in terms of a, of a baller and also played with the Nets, was an all-star with the Nets too. So make sure you check it out. Awesome stuff. Mm-hmm. This show can also be found on Podcast DC, the local app with hundreds of options in news and health in the DMV region. Download the Podcast DC app to hear all the Empire shows as well as other great content. And you can also tweet us at Urban Sports Scene. You can tweet me personally at Urban Sports underscore Ray. <laughs> uh, also hit us up on IG at Urban Sports Scene and like our Urban Sports Scene Facebook page. I would tell you to hit me up on IG, but I don't really check it too often. <laughs> check out our weekly NFL picks. Man, I'm terrible right now. On the Football Garbage Time website, it. just go to footballgarbagetime.com. It's part of the Urban Sports Scene versus Football Garbage Time Challenge. Yeah, I'm in last place. I've never, I've never experienced that before. I don't either. George Templeton quit, and I took his spot. He, oh, he, he quit? Not on purpose. Oh, oh, wow. Okay. He just didn't. He just oh, he didn't, get, he didn't get the email oh. to start the the pickup Pick. season. Oh, so he's not part of it right now. Oh, he's not part of it. And, right. and he usually would be in last place. So I'm sorry. <laughs> so in, in honor of George, I'm go, I'll be in last place for oh a while. My God. Shout hey. out to Rodin Sports. Hey. Oh. Check his YouTube channel out. By the way, yeah. World Cup is coming up, and that's yeah. my guy for World Cup. Yeah. George is dope, man. Also, join our Urban Sports Scene Facebook group. Search Urban Sports Scene, sports bloggers, sports podcasts, uh, pod- podcasters, and sports debates. We'll see when normally say this, but I'll say it for him. Let's get into our tradition, the pregame. Here's what we have on tap. We'll talk about the Washington Commanders losing to the Detroit Lions 27-36 and their upcoming game against the Philadelphia Eagles. Watch that Monday night game. You scared as hell. At 8.30, we'll talk about Canelo Alvarez defeating Triple G by unanimous decision and Spence and Crawford agreeing to a November 19th fight. Thank you, Jesus. 
Finally, in our segment HBCU Corner, we have a pre-taped interview with Morgan State University University's men's basketball coach Kevin Brodus. Uh, but first, last Sunday, uh, the Washington Commanders lost to the Detroit Lions, twenty-seven to thirty-six. Ray, what were your thoughts on Washington's performance? I want to recommend people go back to the Brown Weinstein episode right before the Baltimore Ravens preseason game. We had a discussion very similar to what the topic is amongst Commander Nation right now, which is mainly about Jack Del Rio. My thoughts were, and I told you this privately, I feel like the commanders were outcoached because your team came out flat yeah. in the first half and you put yourself in a hole that you could not recover from. Although it was a valiant effort to come back, if Joy Slide is a miss, we having a different conversation. No matter what's overtime, because again, Detroit, they have to learn how to win, and so does Washington. And it's a growing pain, but if you're Ron Rivera and his staff, you have to have your team prepared, especially coming off a, a victory in yeah. week one, which – you scored an opening, uh, opening drive touchdown. You're overcoming some of the challenges that you faced throughout this regime. Yeah. And then you come out flat in week two against a team that many thought was beatable. And, of course, with the coaches that have to focus on who? Jack Del Rio. Yep. And I don't like to shout out other podcasts typically, but my man, Big Doug, I got so much love for that guy. Yeah, of course, man. And he has Swaggy on. Always, Chris Baker's oh, always that, on the oh, show. Oh, that show was still about, that show Oh, was that show was amazing. Show was um, with EB from the Junkies yes, on there, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And something Chris Baker said, it, it struck me. He said, Jack Del Rio's offense... It may not be for today's game. Yes. I mean, defense, I'm sorry. Defense, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, he mentioned Mike Nolan. He said Mike Nolan just – his scheme didn't work. Joe Gibbs, remember he came back with the 80s offense. Yeah. It didn't work. And I said, dang, what do you think about that as a commander fan? Do you think that Jack Del Rio needs to go back and make some adjustments? It's just his overall philosophy. It's wild because he's been in the game. So it's like, not like <laughs> – it's not like – I heard he was saying, and I, I, agree, I agree with him. I think that's probably what it is. But I'm like – in the back of my mind, I'm like, dude, you ain't taking a break from football. You've been in, this, in today's football for – you know, for a while now, like you were, you were with uh, the Ravens. You were with the the, the yeah it's the arrogance. The bro. arrogance. Oh no, you were with the uh, the rate uh, the Raiders. Um, I want to say the Jaguars. Jaguars. Jaguars mm-hmm. Yeah, for a while. Like I mean, even like when you come when it come, like in terms of the Cowboys. You with the Cowboys. There were a lot of even. I want to say his last team that he was with was before Washington was somewhere in 2017. I think I gotta look at Wikipedia. But you've been current. It's not like Joe Gibbs who was like away from football. You know what I mean? Or Bill Parcells, mm. he took like two, three years out of football. Like, dude, you've been in football. Like, you just are – like, to your point, right, you're just stubborn, bro. Like, you don't want to change anything. And I will argue to say that Rivera's the same way. Like, they're both stubborn. Now, we're looking – to, to stay on the topic of the defense, like, this dude just thinks his way is the highway and that's it. And you just got to conform to his way of coaching. But I would argue to say, like, for real, as a defensive coordinator, like, what is Jack Del Rio – what has he ever truly been? I mean, has he been, like, one of the best defensive coordinators in football? He's been solid. Like, he's been solid. People look at him – when you look at him at, like, where he's been, he's been in the Baltimore Ravens on that solid staff, with that, that solid team that looked like one of the best defenses ever. But he was a linebacker's coach. He wasn't defensive coordinator. That was Marvin. Um – he was on the – I want to say he was a defensive coordinator for Carolina Panthers team at 20, at 20, yeah, 2002. Okay. That was, a top, that was a top defense. But it's like there are other coordinators who have done the same thing, bro. Like, they're, like I mentioned Greg, Greg Williams on, on social media, like on Twitter. Like somebody was like, Greg come here would be dead. Greg Williams and his pinky is a better defensive coordinator than Jack Del Rio. His pinky is better than Jack Del Rio in terms of his resume and what he's done. Everywhere that Greg has been at, predominantly, mostly. As a D.C. As a D.C. Has been top five, has a top five, top ten defense. 
predominantly. He's had some. The Jets, you could say, arguably the Jets were was a bad stand for him. And but the Browns, I think he was with Haley with the Browns. Yeah, right? but he and, was and they Buffalo. Didn't get, they didn't get along. Yeah, but he was in Buffalo, oh, top ten defense. Greg Williams, we, Tennessee, it's no comparison. Yeah, so no comparison. I'm just saying, like, dude, like, I don't know. And if you're looking at it for Ron Rivera's situation, that's what I'm talking about being stubborn. Like, dude was bad last year. You're, he was great. I mean, uh, uh, was, um, Del Rio was bad last year. You had to. You brought back the same squad defensively. So if he's not the problem, you brought back the same people. <laughs> like that's what I'm saying. Being stubborn. Like so, you think that having the same cast of characters is going to have a different result? That's what I'm talking about. People in that. Yeah, people in that. I'm telling people down there, Ashburn. They crazy. Like they they really crazy. Cause I there's only like you like you didn't you change your offense because it needed to be improved, right? Right. So you added players for your offense. Your offense was trash last year, so you added weapons. Your defense was trash last year, and you're like, nah, the same thing works. Let's go with it. I like St. Juiced. I like Forrest. I just feel like maybe he needs to make adjustments. Like like you're saying, he's stubborn. And on the flip side, it's this 15-play script I keep hearing about. about that uh, Scott, Turner. Scott Turner. Again, it's about the coaching staff. I heard your thoughts on the post game, but nope. isn't that kind of standard around the league where coaches come out and they have – this sort of 15-play script or this early game script that you this you is, stick to. And once right. you see what's working or what's not working, that's where you make the this in-game adjustments. I, I feel like he should have adjusted before halftime. But duh. I don't think – yeah, yeah. Duh, but duh, I'm just saying I don't think it's that big of a deal right. that he used a 15-play script. Right. I understand that right. they struggled in the first half. But Commanders fans are acting like this is not normal around the league. Duh, duh, duh. This, this is why it's so funny to me. Like, <laughs> I'm just, just saying. No, I'm going to tell, tell you why. I'm going to tell you why. I'm going to tell you why it's funny to me. It's, called, it's insanity. This is what I'm saying. This is, it's funny to me. <laughs> because, <laughs> I, 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 you know, I coach basketball. Right. Like, I coach. Like, so, so I remember when we were getting hit in the mouth by a squad, mm-hmm. right? I learned year one. It's, it's like, year one, I was like, no, this could still work. Stuff can still work. Like, no, it's going to eventually gonna break through. They're, we're, our will is going to, we're going to impose our will and it's just going to work. You learn pretty fast that it doesn't happen. Like, you learn pretty fast. <laughs> So what, it happened again. My team got punched. We like we were getting out coached initially. So what did we? We didn't say let's just wait for the freaking second half of the. No, we was like, all right, this is what they're doing. This is what we're going to. This is how we're going to adjust. It's called coaching. It, I like like you don't do like we're gonna run a script, and if it's not working, we're still gonna for a whole half. We're gonna still run this script. No, what you do is you pivot. You change it. You change it up, and and you decide to coach something else. Like if they're blitzing you, and your routes are saying we're going, and you and they're and they're coming and they're coming home and they're getting at you, then you're not saying you know we're gonna still hold the football and try to go for the big explosive play. Nah, what you do is you know what maybe we go quick game. It's wild because you were doing quick game against the Jacksonville Jaguars and it was effective, but you against the Detroit Lions you want to have Carson hold the football and try to make a get the defense explosive plays, and he was getting sacked, but you figure like but. I don't, this team was crazy to me. It's just crazy, bro. I'm accepting the fact that this is not a running football team, but if there's an adjustment that's going to have to be made moving forward, I mean, in terms of just personnel moves, the offensive line is going to be the next investment come offseason if this regime is still there. Mm-hmm. Because the offensive line did have its difficulties. However, you had to change your protections too, which, yeah. they, which they didn't. Again, the Lions seemed like they game plan as opposed to Washington did not seem like they studied. They were ready, and, bro. And <laughs> that's ready. Of course – Again, Commander Nation is like, Jalen Hurts just did this the week before. You saw what was coming. And you did, he's though. like, did you watch film? 
According to what some people who I know close to the team have said, Jack Del Rio is a, a film junkie. So there's some type of breakdown. Either the players aren't executing or the coaches are just flat out stubborn. Right now, the consensus is consensus Dog, is it's the coaches. I literally had, dude. I was like, I was I was listening as a fan, but I was listening to Commanders Radio, and Logan Paulson, who used to play, used to play tight end for the Commanders, does film breakdowns and whatnot. He said this. This is why, like, this is amazing to me. Like, who is who's? Why are people getting paid for real? Like, why do people get paid? Derek Forrest too. Like, yeah. Like he said, literally said this. This Bama said that. Yo, like, what scares him is that they're going against they're going against the Lions, who are who bring nothing but constant pressure. Like he said this before the game was like wait like a week, but like five days before the game that they. They bring constant pressure. He said the only difference is that from the like the difference with why, why the Eagles were kind of can still be successful in it is because Jalen Hurts is so you know he can get out yep. of pressure. He's so you know he's elusive. Like he can do that. He said Carson can't. He won't be able to. So I'm sitting there thinking like, all right. So you know like Washington's prepared for this. Dog, they weren't. They didn't even do anything to counter that. Like they literally had Carson. They literally had like long routes. Like long developing routes when Detroit was ready to blitz and bring that pressure, thinking like their O line was going to like protect it. He th- like again, this dude even said like, "Yo, the Detroit Lions were making it home. Just Jalen was just special in terms of in terms of getting out of the way. Carson ain't getting out the way. Like that's, that's why it's, just, it's wild to me, bro. Again, that's where you have to change your protection schemes. Scott Turner, I, I know you said he's been solid, which is an upgrade for you, but. Yeah. Maybe, just maybe, this is part of his growth. He's still young, and I know that that's not an excuse, but what I'm saying is we need to stop putting him on his pedestal and look at him for who he is. And then I'm hoping that you'll have your head coach mm-hmm. make these recommendations saying, hey, this is what I think we need to do to, in order to be more effective in terms of our game planning. But again, I just get the sense that sometimes, I know Coach Rivera is not a very demonstrative dude, but I just get the sense that, like you said, we're going to impose our will, and if it works, Great. If it doesn't, great. And that's just not the right attitude. Although people came out of this encouraged that the offense is heading in the right direction with Brian Robinson coming back eventually. We'll see, man. Um, I did. I said, you can score points. Now, you're scoring close to 30 points. In the the past, you would hope you would get to maybe 20 and then get like a 2017 victory. Now, you're scoring a lot of points, but you're not stopping nobody. This is the the point about the offense. Like, like, it looks good, right? They scored. And now, this is... And again, I, gave, I gave well. Listen, I gave Scott Turner. I mean, Scott Turner credit. I'm saying that, like, you know, he's solid. You know, a lot of people like been tweeting me and this, that, and the other. But what I meant, like, he's solid. But I do understand the faults of what he what he brought to the table. And the truth be told, there is blame. He does. He deserves a lot. He deserves some blame. More blame. I think he deserves a little bit more blame about with this the Lions game. I think he's getting a lot of attention, a lot of flowers for the Lions game. I would argue to say that he doesn't deserve all that attention because what I'm saying that like. You had how many six? How many six? How many three and outs in that in that first in that first half? So what happens when you have three and outs? Your defense is on the field a lot. They're getting tired. Yep. They like your offense lost. I mean, pretty much gave up a safety. Your offense was getting sacked twenty four seven. Like your offense was doing this. So your offense was probably honestly because football is still a team game and it goes all these phases go hand in hand. Your offense made the defense tired and made probably weakened the defense. You know what I'm saying? And you're, you're already, it's not like you're playing. I'm going to say this again. It's complimentary football. It is not like you have the Baltimore Ravens defense of 2000. It is not like you have the Chicago Bears defense 
of 80 was 85, right? You don't have those defenses, bruh. So so what's going to happen if you put that type of defense, what, who everybody says is not the best defense in the world, you have them on the field for a whole half when your offense, not even moving the ball, right? Like not even moving the ball. Right. So what's going to happen to that defense? They're going to get tired. Well, that's why he's not a genius. You can't have yeah. three and outs. Yeah, exactly. I'll say this, though. Fans, you can't have it both ways. I've been hearing, oh, well, the Jacksonville win is going to look really good at the end of the season, and the Detroit win- loss won't look too bad. But then right before the, the season started, oh, these are winnable games. Yeah. Don't say they're winnable games, but then try to downplay it once either you're pushed by Jacksonville or you lose to Detroit. Listen, that's why I don't look at the schedule. Yeah, you said that. You got to sure, win against who you, who you play against. It well, don't matter. The, yeah. the Tampa Bay Buccaneers ain't look good to start the season. But they're one and one. They're one. They're two and zero. Oh. Or they two and zero oh, actually. Two and zero. Oh. Yeah, oh. oh. They ain't look good, but they two they and zero. Oh. They look great, but they two and zero. Oh. Right. It don't matter how they look because they they beat who's in front of them. Yeah. And if, if you're a winnable game, I thought they lost. Week one. My bad. Yeah. No. No. If they're winnable games, they're winnable games. I'm saying like this game was winnable in terms of being in the mix of it. It was a winnable game. Absolutely, it's a winnable you know game. It's a winnable game. When absolutely. You're in the, I know you're saying when you're in the game and you're competing, if you have a chance to win the game, it's a winnable game. Right? Absolutely, man. Uh, so on on um uh, on actually on Twitter, we asked the question: Who was to blame? Uh, for the team loss, uh, Rob said the defense, too many chunk big yard plays. Special teams has a role in those chunk plays also, mostly first half. But after, I mean, but after turn turned the tide in the second half, both uh, both of those broke down again. Yeah, I mean, I think that. <laughs> Is this the Tommy Shepard theory for me? Many, ahead, many who are real Wizards fans. When the Porzingis trade went down, and of course you 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 give up Spencer Dinwiddie, everybody's like Tommy Shepard don't deserve no credit. He made this mess, <laughs> so you got to clean it up. So Scott Turner made the mess in the first half. He had to clean it up in the second half. He, he he shouldn't get no credit for that. I don't. I agree. I don't think he deserves that much credit for for that situation on Twitter. My man uh, Stephen Powers also said Daniel Dan Snyder is the. Is, I know. I saw that. <laughs> I thought that was. He's hilarious. always the one to blame, bro. Well. People, people just feel like the, the organization is cursed. That's what, that's what it is. Like, and, and it's just a negative environment. Now, see, that's what I was going to get at, and I'm not going to go into detail, but I believe that there's some tension in the locker room between Del Rio and his, and, so and his players. I think so, too. I think, and it has talking, been since the social so media too. stuff. I do. I kind of think so. On Facebook, yeah. uh, George said that the coaching staff, Detroit staff, utterly out, outclass, outclassed Washington in the first half. Uh, the commanders had six, 56 yards at, at halftime. And your and, and I mean and as your guest on Bur- on all Burgundy and Gold or anything, Washington didn't all adjust protection schemes until it was too late. Both lines got their tails kicked on Sunday. I agree with that. Rob said Jack Del Rio, uh, Wash, uh, Washington has enough talent on the, on the defense to hold teams every season. Jack has the defense looking lost and unprepared. Yeah, Jack Del Rio. I, I said it before. I think this defense is, is is talented enough to not be this bad. Like they shouldn't be this bad. Like. I've seen I've seen other defenses in the NFL with less talent and they ball out. So I, I agree with you on that one. I think this defense, in terms of players they have, they aren't that bad. All right. So Dang. before the game, defensive coordinator Jack Del Rio called out linebacker Jamin Davis, saying he must play saying he must play better. After after the game, Coach Rivera said that Davis was inconsistent. How did you how did you think Davis played right? And um what's your opinion on these coaches calling him out? Why is he the fall guy? I don't know, bro. I don't understand. I, I, I want to get your opinion because you're not a uh, you're not okay. A here's my here, here's my opinion. First of all, this was one of his better games, Jamin Davis. This was one of his better <laughs> games. And secondly, I haven't heard William Jackson called out, and I haven't heard Kendall Fuller, Fuller called exactly, out. Exactly, bro. So until they call out the corners, then you can't call out Jamin Davis, who is in his second season, by the way. Yeah, and his he's in his second year. How can you call him out? 
but you're not calling out veterans, especially somebody like Kendall Fuller, who has played at the highest level he when he Super Bowl. right. So I, I just don't understand it. And what are the expectations for Jamin? What are the expectations? That that's that's the other question I have. Yeah. But in my opinion, he was where he was supposed to be. Thank goodness he wasn't in in coverage against receivers that he was outmatched. It was it yeah. wasn't. What, right. what are people so upset with Jamin Davis about? Or what is the coaching staff seeing that they're angry? <laughs> Dude, I, had some, I saw somebody, they, like, they, you know, everybody breaks down film nowadays. So, <laughs> you know, so somebody was like, oh, Jamin got beat on this, on this, on this run play. He didn't, he wasn't on his fit. And I'm like, all right, did you, did you look at Holcomb? Holcomb didn't get off a block. Like, he's a part of that. Like, Holcomb isn't playing, the, and I like, I like Holcomb, but he ain't playing the best football either. Like, like you said, right? Like, there's other players to call him out, call out. Yo, Jamin is the only dude on defense that really probably stood out. <laughs> like for real, like only he had the sack. He covered Swift on on the flat. You know what I'm saying? On the, and he was there stride for stride. If it was a perfect pass, then Swift could have caught it. But he was there. Like dude, like Jamin was. Jamin played defense. Like he played his role. Like he 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 was. He had some tackles tackles for loss. Like he almost got to um, Jared Goff on that blitz where Swift caught it and fell down and got back up. Like Jamin flashed. He's like him and Deron Payne are the only folks who flashed. To me, defensively on Sunday, but he's the one that you come out your mouth and say like he was inconsistent. Did, like you said, right? Did you not watch the other cornerbacks? I, I that's my point. I don't understand why he just seems like he's the target of the coaching staff, but he did clap back. Yeah, I love although, it. although I know I you, 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 well, you don't want to send it to me. Yeah, but you say he deleted it. Yeah, he deleted um, it. I loved but, it. But again, it, spe- it. it speaks to a disconnect between the defensive players and their DC and. We called it preseason. We said this is not going to work out, and the 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 fire word has been thrown around. I don't see that happening just because Coach Rivera doesn't seem like he's going to fire somebody like Jack Del Rio, who that's his man. Yeah. At the same time, Coach Rivera is very unpredictable. You never very, know what he's going to do. Never know I mean, what we, he's going to do. We had Blewett as a kicker last year out of nowhere, mm-hmm. which was a downgrade. Mm-hmm. You're going to cut your kicker, but then you're going to sign this guy from UPS. Yeah. Well, no, Blue's one for UPS. This dude went from UPS. Blue it was. Yeah, Blue it's from UPS. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This guy, it's wild, because this guy was in, because <laughs> me and my brother would talk about this. Like, he was like, you know he was all right in Carolina. I was like, yeah, he, you know what? He was all right in Carolina, this kicker. But you know what? It don't matter. It ain't Carolina right now. You're missing extra points. This is my problem with, like, this is my problem with Coach Rivera. It's all about being stubborn. A reporter asked him, right? He was like, he or she, I want to be a sexist. A reporter, I don't know. I don't know the gender. A reporter asked, and it was like, is this starting to be a concern with uh, Joey Sly? Rivera was like, he only missed one kick. <laughs> I was like, hold up. Let me go back. Let's, let, let's, let's, let's use your memory. Did you not watch preseason? He was doing the same thing preseason. He was missing them same extra points in preseason. So he ain't missed, like, in the regular season, you are correct. If you want to use a loophole, you are correct. But with, with our watching eyes, this dude has been very consistent and you chose violence. That's a big win. That's a big. That's a the big, big miss, miss, though. The like, one miss is the is was a was huge. It yes, killed the momentum. It did, bro. Killed the momentum. Yeah, that and his dumb self going for two where he didn't need to. But that's riverboat. It's riverboat, man. See, see, year one, even though it didn't work out, he did against the against Giants. The Giants. It was bad. I didn't like it. I you I, liked it. I did like it. I didn't like it. See, he's consistent to me. <laughs> like he's consistent to what he like. Like I don't like his gambles. I don't. I ain't gonna lie to you. You know what I mean? It only works when it works. You can only say, "Yeah, it works." But if he has a lot of failures in them drinks, though, I'm gonna keep it a buck. He has a lot of failures with these two point conversions. 
Um, also, Washington, uh, looks like center Chase Roulier, uh, he injured his leg in the game. He's going to probably be out for the season. Um, I think it's a, I think it's a, I think it's a big that's a big loss. Um, Chase Roulier, to me, one of the, the one of their better offensive linemen. Uh, to be honest with you, and to me, one of the best centers in football. Um, but now they got to replace that, and we saw what happened with the Detroit Lions. So he's going to be gone. They're playing the Eagles next. So <laughs> the Eagles, the Eagles look good. But yeah. see, this is where any given Sunday comes into play out for me. While the yeah. Eagles look good, and it's a division game. Mm-hmm. This is where I just hope the biggest adjustment for the coaching staff is having your guys ready. It's a home game. Everybody, in, including yourself, is saying, oh, we expect FedEx to be rocking. Well, not, not necessarily, though, because the know, Eagles always take the stadium. But the, Who the, said going to be rocking? I said going to be rocking. Week one, everybody was excited about how it looked in comparison to the past. Oh, oh, okay. And we're saying, okay, can we carry this momentum over yeah. into the next home game? Which Eagles, again, Eagles fans – they always show up, and show then up. Commanders fans always sell their tickets to them. Yes, so <laughs> I don't foresee no, it being a home field advantage. However, if you want to turn the tide, even in that regard, you gotta you gotta play well. And the Eagles are beatable again. This Detroit team that you competed with, they competed with the same the same Eagles team. Um, Monday night, the Eagles look good, but it's a whole nother ball game this coming week. The Eagles are beatable. Yeah. Beatable too. <laughs> Yo, man, I'm gonna be like I'm Carson Wentz. Him saying it's just another game that drives me. Lie. That drives me bonkers. Well, that's, that's, you know, Again, that's, we're talking about pressure being on you. Yeah. I said it was, and and he has responded. I think he'll be all now right. against the Eagles, dude. I know that it's not the same coaching staff, but still, this is a team that you thought you were going to be lead, uh, the the leading quarterback for yeah. many years. He's a franchise guy for years, and yeah, you're not. And you've been to, you've been on your on well, you're on the third team. You've been on two teams since. Yeah, come on, man. So you, gotta, yeah. you gotta be excited about that. So uh, how do you know he he? McNabb came out and he said what he was going to do to the Eagles, yeah. and he did. And then Michael Vick destroyed him. Yeah, Michael weeks Vick destroyed later. him. That's but the first time though, yeah, I got you. Yeah, he got, got you. his he got his get back. Well, you mentioned Winston. I mean, the Eagles were, were were his first team. He had a lot of success with the Eagles. Uh, they drafted him. Uh, how big of a game do you think this is for Wentz? Because you just mentioned like you think he's just BSing it right now. And do you expect him to ball out against the Eagles? I'm gonna say what I said about. Every game so far, you have the weapons to ball out. Yeah. And it's going to be up to your coach to put you in a position to ball out because the Eagles are going to bring pressure. We yeah. know that. And that's the scary part. Yeah. Because Carson Wentz does not do well, and he's not the most mobile dude, even though he's made some, some gutsy runs. He, he got a little far, and you know, that's a bad example right now, just based <laughs> on what dude is doing in real life. But you got the weapons. You got the you got the egos now. I seeing Terry on the sideline, like he can't guard you one on one. He can't guard them one on one. You know they can't guard me one on one. I thought that was dope. Uh, yeah. uh, I, I like Terry being mic'd up. Yeah. But you got the receiving core again. I still think you mix it up. I hear what everybody's saying about this is not a, a a running league anymore. However, you got to keep the defense honest, run that football, and keep the chains moving. That's yeah. the biggest thing. You That's cannot have three and outs against this Eagles team because again, if this defense is tired, you know how it is when you put, play in a mobile quarterback. You don't get them down right away. And they extend drives, oh and, and it makes you tired. Yes. So keep your, help your defense this game. But can he ball out? Absolutely he can ball out. Against yeah. Eagles, even though Darius Slade looked daggone good on, on, on Monday night. It's Kirk Cousins, though, yeah. <laughs> Kirk, again, Kirk, Kirk, Kirk made some good throws. Eagles just played very well at home. They did, they did. Very uh, well. Yeah, so I actually think he's going to play well. I think Carson will play well in this game. I think he's... You're gonna get you're gonna get some good and bad cards, but she's gonna play well. I think I, I you know quarterbacks throw interceptions. So I'm not gonna get into all that. They throw picks, but he's gonna throw for actually throw for 300 yards and throw more touchdown interceptions. But that's not my issue. Like I don't think 
that's going to mean anything in the grand scheme of things because I just think that Jalen Hurts is a problem. One thing you've seen with Jalen Hurts since he's been in DC, since he's been with the Eagles, he gets Washington fits. Like mobile quarterbacks get Washington fits, and that dude gets Washington fits. And from what I watched against the Minnesota Vikings, it looks like he's a better passer. You know what I'm saying? He looks like he's improved on his passing game. So I don't know, man. I think Jalen Hurts. I think that's going to be that's the issue. Is just like. Jalen Hurts is the issue. I don't think Carson is going to be the issue. Like I think Jalen Hurts will be the issue. So the commanders put out their weekly press release, and I'm yeah. looking at it, and it's like Washington's two and two against the Eagles over the last two seasons, which is not. I mean, it, I mean, it's yeah, true, but it's, it's, it's the games that don't count is the one that the Washington one, exactly, is winning. Exactly. They win those games. The the game where Alex Smith was clearly hurt, and they and I, the Eagles were trying to lose. They, <laughs> they, they yeah. When, when again, who was hurting them? Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts. And, and, and he took him out. out the game. Yeah. Okay, and then. And the game that mattered last season where the fans fell through the rails, you lost. Yeah. They also pointed out that Washington is 41-38-3 um, at home against the Eagles all the time. Does that matter at this point? It doesn't when matter. Like the, 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 the Redskins fans are gone. The Commanders fans are here. <laughs> it's just not the same environment. And then, again, I, I, I don't like this, but hey, this is Washington. Wide receiver Terry McLaurin has recorded 468 receiving yards against the Eagles since 2019, the most among, among oh, no, any he, player. He does fry them. He does and he fried Slay, too. I, I mean, know. That's a, that's However, a fact. Terry that's a fact. is not off to, 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 like, in terms of statistics, he's not off to the, the greatest Oh, start. it's not, not uh, he had over, no, it's not bad. I didn't say it was bad. He has, like, 70-something. It's not, it's not what we expect from Terry, who always puts up great numbers, even with the quarterback yeah, the play. Problem, the problem with him, Carson Wentz, I thought he was going to put up big numbers. I'm going to tell you why. I'm going to tell you why. I know why he's but not. But defense do key in on him. I get it. Well, not even that. Not oh. even that. It's because you have more weapons. You're not going, you don't have to uh. just go to him. Like, you go to well, a Kurt That's dope, too. You know what I'm saying? So he's not the only. You would think that would help him, though, right? Uh, More pack, weapons the, around you. Well, well if you're going to get double teamed, then other dudes get single he, cover. The Jaguars definitely was like, well, you yeah, ain't beating Yeah, exactly. So I'm I, just saying, I like, saw that. you're not going to, and he was still able. I don't think, I know a lot of fans want, want, want Carson Fultz. I would love to see Terry Friedel. I want to see Washington actually do well in the NFC. You got the Cowboys coming up shortly thereafter. Or was it the following week, I think? No, it's the following week. Yeah. Following so week. you have the opportunity to start off 2-0 in the division. You're going against Cooper Rush the following week, who has been who has shown to be worthy. No, but win. But, and, and Wale's words, he's not a world beater. He's, he's, be, he's beatable. He's beatable. He is beatable. Dude, you have you have a golden opportunity to get up in the division because the Giants, for whatever reason, that's their kryptonite. Danny Dimes, their kryptonite. I'm sorry. That's the, that dude real. I don't that, know that, why. He's real to DC. He's real to DC. Yep. He's real to DC. Uh, Take advantage. In terms of who needs it, I mean, so right, real quick before we in this segment and we'll do a prediction too but who who, who needs who needs to show out for Washington <laughs> to win this game who needs to show out though uh, definitely the O-line needs to okay. and also well both lines the O-line and the D-line but particularly your corners your corners are hearing the noise around them yeah. uh, William Jackson doesn't seem like he's too happy about talking with the media these days yeah because he's getting fried <laughs> <laughs> See, that's the problem Fans like yourself, y'all use the word trash a lot. If somebody called me trash, that well, not this oh, stage. Not, not, not this stage in my life. I'm just saying, but trash as a defense, you, you've been a trash defense. You were trash before. You said earlier, rewind it. Um, oh, oh <laughs> I'm just saying. They, I they, liked William Jackson. Just it just ain't working out. No, I know it, it's not. And not and if, if if I'm William Jackson, if I'm Kendall Fuller, I realize I got to step my game up. If I can help my team get off the field and give my offense, who looks good this season, more yeah. opportunities yeah. to score. I'm going to do everything I can. Kendall Fuller, the, the penalties, I don't mind penalties if, if you're giving your maximum effort and you're playing hard and you're doing well. But when you're struggling and, you, and, and, you're, and you're acquiring penalties some or you're accumulating the, bro, penalties, that's a problem. About, but some of the penalties are like, he ain't even trying, bro. Like, it well, like, well, that's what I'm it's saying. Not even playing, that, it's like, well, oh, okay, let me just grab one. It's like they're dumb. They're just dumb. 
Like, again, again, this is where the coaching staff also, you have to come out prepared. This is a division game. You're at home. You cannot come out flat. Mm-hmm. With the second game against Dallas last year, they came out slow. And it was like, why? Versus in Dallas, they looked good. So, no, no, I'm sorry. I take that back. The first game against Dallas, they came out flat. And then they ended up turning it on late. Didn't work out. And then, of course, the fight on the sideline took place in the last game of Dallas. <laughs> so, my bad. I mixed that up. No, they but talking about, yeah, when they, when they got blown division, out. Division, you got out. to win your division games, dude. And, and also, the other criticism is Jack Del Rio, Ron Rivera has never had a good defense here. The, the year they won that run, they didn't play any good quarterbacks. That's what everybody's saying. That's what everybody says, man. But they play, so prove them wrong. Jalen Hurts is hot right now. I love Jalen Hurts, by Russell the way. Nash, they beat Russell, Russell Wilson on that streak, but everybody doesn't want to give, that, give them credit for that. That's wild though. Like, no, you're right though. They did play a lot of bad quarterbacks. No, I didn't. No, say not that. you. I know, oh. I know what you're saying. No, you're right. No, you're. Right. I know exactly what you're saying. You yeah. say other, a lot of people say it, but I'm like they never like, like so people don't do people dis- disregard Russ as, a, as an elite quarterback. I don't. I mean, I, I have a different opinion about Russ, but I just I swear that people thought he was an elite quarterback. But yeah, but this defense is this defense is way worse than that defense anywhere. Like way worse. It doesn't have to be. It does. I agree. It doesn't have to. But it is. It is worse though. It's unfortunate. Hey, Cameron tweeted, everybody from the offense, defense, and more importantly, the coaching staff needs to show out against the Philadelphia Eagles. All right, Ray, so what's your prediction? I'm going to take the Eagles just because whenever I pick against Washington, they seem like they do better. Uh, just my theory. Yeah. So I'm going to take the Eagles. Uh, I don't expect it to be as high of a scoring game. The Eagles defense is real. You know what? Well, do you think so? You think Detroit offense is that that true? I think it was the first week of the season. You, you, you don't know. You don't, you don't, I don't know. Think the Eagles defense is that real. I just think that again, they apply pressure, and that's the kryptonite for for Washington. Yeah. They also so, play the dude that just chokes and and chokes in, <laughs> in, in prime time. I don't like. Uh, <laughs> that's not a problem. That's what I'm saying. They all, that's okay, a, Carson Wentz is not is is not that tears above Kirk Cousins in my opinion. So I'm gonna say. I'll take Philly, but I'll take it to be a, a nice 24-20 game. I think I would, the reason that the Carson is different from Kurt, and it's not, it's not Kurt for the Carson thing, but Carson got more of a dog than Kurt. It's just, he'll just he'll try. He'll just try. He'll, he's not scared. He's not scared. He may play like he may play bad, but he ain't scared. That's oh, one thing. I, he takes chances. Yeah. He's but not, I'm just saying, in terms of tiers of quarterbacks, he's probably in the same tier. Yeah. I mean, at this point in time in his career, I agree with that. You know what I'm saying? But I think his, his – Kurt think, didn't play that bad. I'm talking about the, the Eagles. The Eagles I'm talking about the, wait, they always do this to Kurt. Like real talk, they always. <laughs> that's what I'm saying like when, that's the, dirty. Eagles, when the Eagles defense is de- like they always do this to Kurt. That's why it ain't a surprise. I'm just. I'm but just when you got weapons, when you got Dalvin Cook, when you got Jefferson, right. when you got Thielen, they that's got where Dalvin it's, Cook. They got da- you're right. That's where I say, okay, what's the problem? It was Kurt because you do have. You're right. They have all those weapons. He made some good throws. Good again. Yeah. Yeah. How many good throws do you make? Like probably three. Or I know there's like the drives. The, the drives one, were were sustained, yeah. and then Some they stalled were, late. Yeah, not that, the one pick. That, I know one Darius pick. Un, Darius they undercut him yeah. on one, and that was just a good defensive play. Yeah, because you don't got and his arm is kind of fluffy too at times. But it's all good though. Hey, I actually on pick. I got the like. No, I'm just gonna be a keep of the buck. I think the Eagles are gonna win. That's all I'm saying. I think the Eagles are gonna win. Yeah. I'm just gonna be honest with you. I think the Eagles are gonna win. Like I'm gonna be rooting for my team, but I think the Eagles are gonna win. All right, Canelo dominated Triple G last Saturday, and it looks like we're finally, we are finally going to get Spence versus Crawford. We'll discuss this after the break. Listeners to Urban Sports say for I just yiddy deuces. It breaks my heart. Ain't believing us. We the best music. They play themselves. Why you hating and being jealous? You could be over here embracing that love. More love, more blessings, more life. God did. You either win 
with us or you watch us win. DJ Khaled. They want us down. But look at us now. They counted us out. Time to say they didn't think that we were making it you're listening to the Urban Sports Scene with Wole and Ray Jeezy. We'll tease out. I'm already talking to Ray about I hate my metabolism. Uh-huh. I feel like I'll be gaining weight so easy. Hey, we are also a part of Amplifier Media at AmplifierMedia.com. Yeah, it's crazy. We're talking about boxing now uh, because boxers, they, they put their bodies through a lot in order to get in shape for the ring. And Canelo Alvarez, one of the, the premier boxers in boxing, he definitively defeated Triple G and retained his undisputed super middleweight championship on Saturday with a unanimous decision victory over again, Gennady Golovkin. This was a trilogy fight. Mm-hmm. Everything that I had going in questions, Canelo settled it. And um, yeah, what was your thoughts, Wole? Yeah, man, he dominated. I thought Canelo, uh, Triple G looked old. Um it's just I know he's our age, he's but he doesn't age. look like it though. Yeah. He, maybe boxing years boxing, is real. Boxing years, I guess. <laughs> but he looks old, man. He looked old. Look Canelo. like he's gonna get Jamel that I mean Jamal that chance though. That's what it's looking oh, like. Oh, uh, I think Canelo? Triple G's go- no, no, no. Triple G? Nah, Triple G, because he's he kept saying after the fight, I'm still the champ at 160. So Jamal Charlo is the only fight to make. Oh, that'd be a good fight. Excellent I mean, I, not, fight. Not, no, I mean excellent fight. Half for him. Good for Charlo. Good for Charlo, yeah, and, and then that—that's gonna be not, the retirement fight yeah, right there because yeah, yeah. he's gonna lose those oh, titles at oh, 160, oh, yeah. and that's it. Yeah, he's knocking that career out. He's knocking that. Career he did. Out. He did look older, but I feel like he turned it on a bit too late, though. Yeah, he fought better in the championship I mean, rounds. The cards were terrible. Like, oh, what is up with that? I don't know. What we doing with boxing where just because it's a major fight that you gotta like be lenient to certain folks. Like that was just a horrible card. No, uh, Johnny Sig, that's our guy, but he had eleven one. I thought that was kind of crazy. Yo, a lot of people had it like that though, bro. Eleven one. A lot of people had it like that, bro. Like Al, Al was there and he was like Triple G won at least three rounds. Al, Al was there. He was at like, most. I'm at sorry. Most, he went at, at most. He won three rounds. But see, this is the thing. I don't like. I was telling we talk, telling Will last week about like the, like the fights in the past with them, like with. Canelo and Triple G, and I was saying that you're gonna like the I, the reason why I don't have issues with like the out the outcome of the Canelo Triple G fight. Um, when people think Canelo like Triple G had won some uh, one, I think they thought he won the second fight. I was like, yo, there's some swing rounds in there. There's a, there were a lot of swing rounds. There were no definitive rounds that like you could make the argument in some of those rounds that either boxer won those rounds. It's just that you favored one side. So when you do that, yeah, your card is gonna look more lopsided. But if you look into some of those rounds for real. Some of them rounds were in between and in the middle. Like, there were some competitive rounds in them things. Like, yeah, Triple G may have hit, like, a one hard punch, but Canelo may have had, a, like, more more of the action in those rounds. And I'm just talking about prior prior Canelo um, Triple G fights. But this one, like, it was easier. It was easier. Much easier. The, the second fight, I feel like Canelo won. I Thank agree you, with, I agree with the decision. Like, I'm just... but, but, but Triple G won the first fight. Should not have been a draw. See, I, don't and think, I, was in... I don't think Triple G won the first fight. I, well, yeah, 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 I mean... I, I, respect, like I, re, I, re, I respect your boxing yeah, knowledge. I, I know you love Canelo. I do, though. I, see, I, I, there is, I but like, I don't know if you're biased in, in, in terms of scoring the first fight because it was hard to score. It was hard to, yeah. But not, Triple yeah. G fought a really good fight that yeah. fight. That was his best fight, of course. Yeah, that was. Um, he, 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 fought, fight. He, fought he fought well. Fight. He fought well in the second yeah. fight as well. But I feel like Canelo, again, in terms of just bringing more action see, each see, round. I know I agree. And, and being the more active fighter. Canelo was always busier you know than what? Triple G over the course of each fight. You're right. 
You know what? And now I go look, now I'm thinking back. The first fight, like I felt like the Triple G had more of an argument to win the first fight. Like I felt like you're right. Okay, that's let me ask you this. Argument. Well, definitely. That yeah. that that that's 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 easy. Like I did. I thought, I thought Canelo. Yeah, I didn't have any second. people. I didn't have a problem with people arguing. But mm-hmm. Kovalev Ward won. Who did you thought won that fight? Oh, I had Ward winning that joint. See, that's what I'm saying. Uh, I had now, that joint. but it, but it, Kovalev. I, but I saw the to argument. To the naked though. eye, I saw the argument. Kovalev won that fight. But I'll give you. But I understand the argument. But though. the I, way Andre Ward again, kind of like Triple G, yeah. turned it on in the second half of yeah, the fight. He did, though. Same way Lomachenko made it interesting against. Um, oh, 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 for, uh, Tio. T.O. Yeah, T.O. He definitely Same did. way. So that's those championship rounds are critical, and I think that's where the judges very lean fair, toward. Man. Very fair point. No, you're right. The that's judges lean toward the championship rounds, and Triple G finally came on in those championship rounds, even though. By most of us, we will say it wasn't enough because he lost so many rounds, rounds to start yeah. the fight. However, again, we're talking about boxing judges. And then if you have a bad judge, he's going to give an early round of Triple G, which he shouldn't, yeah. but he do. And oh, that God. that messes up everything. But everybody who knows something about boxing, who I respect, including like Dan Raphael, said the, the scorecards are awful. Yeah. So if, if he's saying that, and again, um, what is his name too? Lou DeBella said the same thing. Like, we got to get new judges in boxing. Thank you. We have to. And it's also, and also, it. he's saying we need to make better matches because he said that should ne- that fight should never happen. Even though Eddie Hearn tried to build it up, no, this late. I'm sorry, he oh, shouldn't have oh, this late. Okay. He said if, if you're gonna have Triple G, Canelo three, you both on the zone. You, that should have been years ago. Yeah, that's true. That's true. So anyway, I feel like they did that just to make. I it. digress. That was a pickup for Canelo. We, we can go. Was, we can go to the real yeah, fight. Yeah, we already know it. But but real quick, but real quick before we go to the real fight, uh-huh. who do you think Canelo Canelo's gonna fight next? You already mentioned Charlo for uh, for Triple for Triple G. I want to see Canelo fight a Charlo or, you know. Benavidez. As you know. I mean, everybody's scared of Benavidez. And, 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 and you should be. <laughs> and you should be. That's not good for your career. <laughs> because that dude is, is probably the realest yeah. in 168 division. Um, and, and everybody knows that. Yeah. If I'm, if I'm uh, Benavidez, I just move up and fight like Bevel. Just beat all those yeah, dudes. Beat be, be better like BF, beat Bevel. Beat those guys who punch hard and who can take your punches and go out there and have a great fight and make some good money. Stop chasing Canelo. Canelo clearly doesn't want to fight you. Canelo is going to probably go for the Bevel rematch. That's my guess. I think because so. Because that's where the money is. Yeah. Because that's where the money is. Also, uh, you, you'll get a chance to work with Eddie Hearn again. They always put on good events. Yeah. It's, it's all about money for Canelo. And and leaving a legacy that said, you know what? If I beat Bivol, then I submit my myself amongst all these weight classes. Sure. One of the greats. I think he should. I think he four should. weight classes. I would love to see to see him take Charlo. I just think that's the fight he should take. He should take Charlo. I, I feel like I Bivol, would love that fight. I, Bivol, I just feel like Canelo's not going to do it. I think Bivol would. Just, he, I, think, I think he knows Bivol will be. What him. what what Canelo is saying and 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 um, what's the trend? Eddie Reynoso is saying is. These dudes keep calling them out, but they won't fight each other. Like, Caleb Plant should fight Charlo. Caleb Plant should fight Benavidez. Yeah. Um, Anthony Durrell, I know you boys with Charlo, but all y'all should fight. And yeah. then, okay, what? whoever's coming out of this looking with this awesome resume now. Yeah. Should fight me. Then just should fight Canelo. Canelo does have a valid point. That, like, yeah. I'm fighting all these dudes, even though we don't regard Billy. We don't think that Liam Smith and Callum Smith and Billy Joe Saunders are the greatest fighters Not over here. All. Versus Eddie Hearn, like, oh, Canelo's resume is so much better than his. Now, Canelo does have a better resume than some of them, though. Oh, no, his, um, no, his resume is real. And like, see, here's my knock on Charlo, and I love the Charlo brothers. Yeah. Danny Jacobs was calling Jamal out for the longest time, mm. and the fight never happened. Danny Jacobs fought Canelo. He did. He lost, but, but he, he fought but, him. Like, and, 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 and Danny almost, Jacobs beat. Almost beat Canelo, for real. Fought a good fight. Fought a good fight. I mean, Austin Trout, one could argue he beat, beat Canelo. Canelo. You can make the argument. And, and, and Charlo, did you not beat 
Definitively, be Austin Trout. You absolutely did. So yeah. why don't you just go out, beat Danny Jacobs, beat these dudes? Yeah, because Charlo is that good. The the better competition, the, the better Char- Jamal Charlo you're gonna see. Yeah, but that's that's the what you were talking about, bro. Let's get right to what we need to talk about, bro. Earl Spence Jr. and Terrence Crawford have agreed to terms for a fight for the undisputed welterweight championship for November 19th in Las Vegas. Will this be the biggest fight in our era, dog? <laughs> It was supposed to be Pacquiao and, and yeah, Mayweather. Yeah, it that didn't work out. Yeah. So I'm going to say yes. I've been sitting here contemplating, for real. Since yeah, we started this yeah. show, I'm like, can I think of any fight that I've watched in my life? I've watched some amazing fights. The best fight I've ever seen was uh, Castillo Corrales won. Yeah. Best fight I've ever probably watched in my life. Mm-hmm. And I've seen some good fights. But in terms of the star power yeah. and bi- the, the buildup, this has got to be the biggest fight I've seen in my 40, almost 41 years of life. Oscar, I know Oscar versus because Oscar was a big Oscar draw. fought, Del- he Ch- fought Ch- uh, Mayweather. Mayweather late though. Ch- Ch- Trinidad, Oscar was big. It was big. Dope, that was that, that, that was, was big. big. That was big. Um, they were. I mean, obviously Tyson, Tyson Holyfield. But if you're not getting the same Mike Tyson, but there was like some some buzz with that. Um, but in terms of like you said, like in the prime of your your career, like you're both at your prime. This got to be the biggest fight, dude. The biggest fight I've Well, two fight. legit number one, one A, one B at their weight class yes. at welterweight. Yeah. Are, are, yeah, arguably the two best boxers in the world, bro. Like, in the not pound for pound, arguably the best. Arguably. You yeah, make the and this will settle so much. And it's amazing. I'm not leaning one way or the other. I like Arrow better, yes. but I know who Bud is. Yes. I, I will not disrespect Bud at all. And I'm just, as a boxing fan, I want to see this fight. Now, I was in a barbershop and. Mm-hmm. I'm in Charles County, and I don't know if that matters. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but first of all, these dudes were trying to tell me that that Errol Spence, Errol, no, they were trying to tell me that Terrence Crawford beat Keith Thurman. They like Thurman and Sean Porter's his best fights. So I'm like, he never fought Thurman. He never fought Thurman exactly. And and they, and they kept saying, yes, he did. And they were all in agreement. I just I just shut up at that point. And then I had my barber, who I love, by the way, and he don't listen to the show. But <laughs> he was like, Errol Spence is just too wild for. Uh, Crawford, and I'm like, are y'all, are y'all kidding me right now? He's too if, wild. Er, the thing is, if Errol Spence, who is one of the best body punchers, not the best yes. body puncher in boxing, no, he's one of the best. He uh, is one, one of the best, best body punchers. By if far. he if he breaks Terrence Crawford down, Terrence Crawford starts slow. Right. That's the thing about Errol Spence; he will punish you. But on the other hand, I don't see him having the ability to knock Spence out and or punish him over the course of twelve rounds. He's going to have to outbox him, which yeah, Bud can do. So that that's the thing. It, that's why it's a dope chess match to me. To me, like so, what I like about and you, we we said this before about Bud is when he get when he when he see blood, yo, he finish like Bud finish. That's why I'm gonna give him credit, bro. Like he finish. But this is the thing, though. He ain't never see power like this. Nope. Like this is the like he's never he's seen some power, but he ain't see power like this. And then mixed with speed, like because. Earl is fast. He ain't slow. No. So, so I'm saying, like, and I've seen, and I think we, we've seen Bud get hit and go down. Like, like not like not officially, not officially, but we've he seen went it. Down. He went and down. And even Gamboa Boa knocked him backwards. backwards. So mm-hmm. I'm just saying, this is different. Like, this is different. This is a different That's level. That's what I'm saying. And, like, and he's he's naturally smaller and, and than Bud. Bud. I mean, and, and, and uh, Earl. If, yeah. If you watch Bud, the initial, the early part of of a fight, if you watch him, the early part of a fight. He will test you. Like, Bud will test you. Like, he'll go at you and give you an opportunity to hit him. Like, typically, that's what he does. Like, he'll test you. So, I'm just saying, like, in them early rounds, of, like, if, like I'm, not, I'm not putting no prediction. I'm just, we're just, we just talking right now. We're chopping it up. Like, don't, don't test yourself with that. Like, that's a different animal. Like, like Porter, Porter 
was trying to avoid it. And Porter got a chin. But once he caught him, he went down. And like I and people talk about well, well, Bud stopped Porter. Man, Porter's father stopped Porter. Like True. Yeah. The thing is though, and I say this in the barbershop, yeah. and, and everybody agree, and it's no it's not a it's not a, a dispute, it's a fact. Mm. Sean Porter was ahead before the knockout. Yes. Sean Porter against Adrian Broner was a close fight. Yeah. Sean Porter lost to the dude that Earl Spence just Punished his face. Punished. <laughs> so, and, and I want Sean Porter. The only reason he was given that victory because boxing wanted him to fight Errol. Yeah, period. Yes. So punished. I I don't think that Terence Crawford is as tested as oh, Errol is. is. I think everybody knows that. And Errol and Derek James got this look on his face, like bro, he don't know what he's getting himself into. But Bud is an amazing boxer, and I think like what Bud is saying, I agree is. I'm fighting the best fighter I've ever fought, and that's yes. gonna bring out the best of me. Yes, I and, think and, so, yeah. and 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 when Kell Brook tested him early, he finished him. He finished him. That's the thing about Earl, though. Earl likes to break you down over the course of, of rounds. You. Like he wanted to punish Mike. He said, "Can he I knock the, Mikey yeah, out?" Yeah. He said, "Yeah," but he, I wanted to. But he punish was trying him. to prove a point, <laughs> he was though. A point. He was trying to box. He wanted to right. show people that he can box. He knew he, he had a nothing. smaller dude, so he wanted to show the world that I'm gonna show you how my boxing. See, that's game. what I'm saying. See how he beat Mikey, punished him, as opposed to Gamboa fights Terence Crawford and and. Did he, no, no. He knocked him on the 10th. Did he knock Gamboa on the 10th? He knocked out Gamboa. In the 10th, I think, right? Later. But he was like, Gamboa had caught him early, and he switched and went southpaw, and he didn't, then it was over. I think he caught him in the 10th. Yeah, but he- Because cause Javante knocked out Gamboa in the 12th, and yeah. Bo was like, I got him out two rounds early. And, yeah. and <laughs> Javante's like, dude, you were a big weight class. Yeah. So, well, I mean, I like I like Bud. I don't like his man. I don't like his train. I don't like Bo Mac. I, I mean, I'm going to give- I'm, like, Not personally, but yeah, I'm just saying- I know you're talking about- See, I'm kind of Team Gary Russell bias on this you journey too. You already know what time this, bro. Like, so <laughs> I ain't gonna and my friends and my friends be hating on me before. It's all good though. But like in terms of we all like and we Charles do. Charles County's not the DMV. I know, right? Because <laughs> <laughs> I brought up, I brought Gary Antoine Russell and nobody knew who he was. Oh, they're not the DMV. They, not, they don't count. <laughs> they don't count. But it was it's wild because like I want I want people who's listening to the show to understand that we I'm we good. acknowledge that Bud is is that dog. Like just, even though he hasn't seen. Like the talent mm-hmm. Earl Spence has seen, like he hasn't. Like that's it's a fact. He has nope. his resume ain't like Earl, but he's good enough. But he is good. But his oh, skill is beast. amazing. Like his skill lets you know that he can compete with Earl. Like he can compete with Earl. It ain't like and see that that that's not all Buzz for. I will give him yeah, credit. No. Like Buzz was Buzz was basically bored fighting Benavidez. Look at what da- Danny Garcia did to Benavidez. We talking about Jose Junior. Yeah. And Buzz like, look who I'm fighting. It's because of my it's because of of, of my representation. Yeah. Right. And that's why he broke off, and that's why this fight is happening. So I, I got to show love, even though he did re up with Ty Brank, which I didn't like. But I get it though; they paid him, they paid him good. He did what he had to do, and now he don't have to sell this fight. Bob Arum said he don't sell fights; he don't got to sell this. Sell we talking about Black Panther th- or two? I'm sorry. Yeah. That's supposed to be the biggest movie of the year. The, the the movie theaters are waiting for this because yeah. they like this is going to be the biggest revenue we see all year. It's going to make up for any losses mm-hmm. because you got so many streaming apps now. This fight in boxing Vegas. I'm not even going to try to go. Oh, you know, yeah, you want to watch it for yourself and chill. Yeah, because know. you know we talking about Times Square and, and early on the I show. Know, you know how sick Vegas is going to be for this fight, bro. You know how hot that ticket's going to be, which is why that's the only thing I said. Buzz should pull a Rocky and he should go to Texas and he should fight him at Cowboy Stadium. It, it would allow for more fans to come, but he was like he wouldn't get a fair shake, shake in Texas. I, I see why. He did. So he wouldn't do it. So he said neutral spot. I think it's fair. I give that. I thought Vegas would be the fair for him. I think I thought I, I thought Barclays would be a better spot to me. Oh, and had it. It's too big for Barclays, though. It is. It's too big for Barclays, I know. Though. But but is it's the is the is the Grand Garden Arena? Is that 
Is that bigger than Barclays? It's the whole Vegas of Oh, 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 oh. you mean the whole... <laughs> it's too big for Barclays. Let's keep it I just buck. came from Brooklyn, too. Yeah, I, I would not want to be sitting yeah, in that bro, traffic, I'll keep, bro. I'll keep, let's keep it for real, dog. It's just too big for... It's, uh, but it's you, so, so much you, other things. You think about going... It's for my brother's birthday, so I might. I might oh, have to. yeah, you got to go there. Yeah, it's a big, it's a Now you'll have, you'll have fun, definitely. You'll I don't have care fun. about like, I just want to see the fight. You already know, like, I don't have, I don't even like, you know, I told you, I don't like Vegas. I don't, it, it bothers oh, me. Oh, well, it you're not going to like that because that's yeah. going to be sick. Yeah. It's going to be sick. I just, but I, you know what? I would love to go and do a live show with like Alan and Johnny I, I, and, I would and love the guys. To do it. I'm serious. Like, I think it would be fun, bro. But, oh, man. That, that's one of them. We're going to pull a college. Like, like. Well, no, no, we can't. It's your brother's birthday. I, yeah. I, would have to, I would have to stay in my own spot. That's fine. James, you got a house out there. James, you listen to our Yeah, just that. No, James, that's what we talked about James, though. <laughs> <laughs> I don't t- see, just same way with, with my man. You already know who I'm talking about, Marriott. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't talk to him enough to like, hey, hook me up. I feel like he that's would, wrong. Though. He would. He probably would. For like, you. For you. I have to sometimes, use you as my sometimes, liaison. No, sometimes I take break, like. He would he would now, do that in, in a fairness, second. Now, in fairness, I text folks and, yes. and folks don't text me back. So here's the thing: you could do that. He'll do it in a second. I'm just telling you, keep him the buck. He would do it for you in a second. Yo, my birthday, my, ask, birth, my birthday week is November as well. November 14th is my birthday. Oh, my, wife, my, my wife, my wife's, that, oh for real? My wife's is a milestone on the 11th, and I got to spend a girl. My girl, my girl's birthday's on the 14th. Oh, awesome! She's an awesome person. School <laughs> season, yes. I just changed everything. Um, so that's dope. But okay, so yeah, and then I'm you serious. and me as homecoming is that is, is bro, that weekend every year. Bro, we which can make sucks. it happen, bro. We can all I, go. I'm not going to Vegas. You ain't gonna not. do it. I, I, I will pay the money though. Shout out to to Reginald Woodson who always tries to make a collection oh for fights. God. Like everybody, does, everybody chip in and we'll order it. No, this is a fight you actually need to spend from your paycheck. So yeah. I'm down. Hey, Reg, Reginald, it's the biggest fight of our era. Reginald, you know Reginald Woodson, you a little older than us, so you can tell us what the biggest fight. Probably. Well, you know what, Hagler. Hearns and Hearns and Leonard was my error. I was little, but I saw it. So uh, I mean, yeah, I don't know. I just feel like for nah, to appreciate but Spence it, and Bud is bigger this than This is like those. to appreciate it though. Like I feel like, this like for instance, like I was born like when when the, at the time the Redskins beat the Broncos in the Super Bowl with Doug Williams, right? I can remember. Well, that was eighty. That's eighty-seven. Yeah, yeah, I can remember things. But I went not, to a Super Bowl party for that. Yeah, I was, I was at home watching it. But ninety-one is what I really remember. Like I remember well, everything. We about were in. We like were in elementary grade, school, grade, middle school, yeah, sixth grade. Yeah. yeah, sixth grade. And yeah. I remember, you know, they sell pizzas at school. And like, yeah. all right, we going we gonna sell these pizzas. You gonna watch Super Bowl? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So good memories. Yeah, yeah exactly. but as an adult, yeah, this is the biggest fight ever. Exactly. So anyway, um, on Facebook in the group, um, knowledgeable boxing fans, my man. Uh, in terms of this, is the biggest fight of our era. Uh, Benjamin Hellman said, nope, it's an easy fight for Bud. Okay, bruh. Tyler. See, that's what I'm saying. That, that's the <laughs> that's stuff the that, that's though. the barbershop that's, talk that's that. The but, but stuff, though, hey, I don't mind you being a Bud fan, but come on, let's keep it real. It's, yeah. it's not an easy fight not at all. It's not an easy fight for nobody. Come on, are you crazy? Todd, we said absolutely. Tyler, Did you yeah. see Uga's face? That's, Uga, that's what I'm saying. Like, he broke that man's face. That, and, and that man be tweeting about, like, he be tweeting saying, like, I'm still, I'm like Ugas. I give him, I give him props. Ugas, Ugas has like, never been beaten like, like that. that. And Ugas, I give Ugas credit because he was like, only I'm the only one that can get, basically take a beating like that and still not try to quit. See, that's and what still I'm not quit. I, I, I want to see Bud fight Ugas. I want to see how that would go because Ugas is a dog. I love Ugas. I wish he spoke English. He would come on the show because he responds to me. I know all the time. he does. He does respond to you. I've seen that thing. That man responds, man. All the time. It is. It's dope, dope. But yeah, all right, man. But, uh, this has been a dope segment. As po- oh yeah, go ahead. Oh. Go ahead. Take, take <laughs> My bad. I, I was about to read it. Like, no, no, ahead. you got it. No, no, you got it, bro. Because I got to give you. As part of our HBCU corner segment, we'll play our interview <laughs> with Morgan State University men's basketball coach Kevin Brolis after the break. You listen to Urban Sports Team singing kids to HBCU. <laughs> we keep saying it. I love it. Oh, there we go. We the best music. music. music.
another one. Another one. DJ Khaled. I like the wretchedest women. G6, let's get it. Rich coming down to the city. On God. Yo, God. Outside getting litty. Showing me the titties. Acting like a menace. Standing on the couch. Standing on business. Drinks in your mouth. Swallow, don't spit it. Party all the time. Feeling like Diddy. Shining a little wrist. Feeling like Billy. God did, God did. I'm a witness. I just sent 50 bottles to. Know the gang getting a bit by the penis. Still in the meeting, be back in a minute. The phone talking chicken. We the best, we too blessed, we keep winning. We the best. The party won't stop, it won't finish. Let's get it. Let's get it. Get it. We did it. Did it. I'm committed. committed. We all in it. In, it. in the city. city. We get litty. Lit. Get out your feelings and go get some benches. God did, God did. I'm a witness. Ooh. I just sent 50 bottles to. Ooh. Know the gang getting a fit by the penis. Still in the meeting, be back in a minute. Till I activate, throw it back, it got an aftertaste Patty cake, call me six figures of patty face patty. The school at heart knocking, I graduated I can't f*** with that be aggravated If I can't get that bag, I'm agitated Damn. She popping that but she graduated Pop it. the party, it's animated They keep telling me it's my time to tone it, hot grind Like, it, I gotta take it Angels watch over me, looking at demons and Can't run, you gotta face it When they give up on you, they don't need with you Take it back to the basics. I'm a Dundada. Lace on my products. Popping my collar. Three Six Mafia. Did it. We did it. Did it. I'm committed. committed. We all in it. Did it. In the city. city. We get litty. Lit. Get out your feelings and go get some benches. God did. God did. I'm a witness. Ooh. I just sent 50 bottles to Ooh. know the gang getting a fit by the pennant. Still in the meeting. Be back in a minute. Capiche, we in on tilapia. It's a mob party, mob party. Sound like a line when the end is started. Came from that band, now we sell out the garden. You said what? Beg your pardon. You're listening to the Urban Sports Scene with Wole and Ray. Will tease out. We are part of Amplifier Media. Hey, we want to thank you all for tuning into our show. We appreciate you all. Before we sign off, listening listen into our HBCU corner interview with Morgan State University men's basketball coach Kevin Brodus. Hey, thank you all and enjoy. You are listening to the Urban Sports Scene with Wole and Ray, and we are part of Amphire Media at AmphireMedia.com. It's time for our HBCU corner series. This man was on our DMV Baller series. Folks, make sure you check out that episode. That's episode 4th, 431 on our podcast. We bring to you friend of the show and Morgan State University's men basketball coach, Kevin Brodis. What's up, coach, and welcome back. Thanks for having me, fellas. Hello to everyone out there in, uh, in the universe here. <laughs> here. Just, you know, good old Monday night. Getting ready for some Monday night football. We're going to talk about some HBCU athletics, not just yes, basketball, sir. football. Volleyball, soccer, everything. Yeah, you know it. Hey, I'm glad you mentioned football. You know, football season started. There's a Monday night game. But you coach, I mean, you coach in Baltimore, but you from D.C. Who's your squad? <laughs> Redskins. I, I That's what I'm talking about. That's Redskins. what I'm talking about, coach. <laughs> we want to know. We want to know. We want, we're still the Redskins. I mean, the name is still the Redskins. There you go, man. I appreciate Absolutely. that. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's need, we need to about. change our uh, old podcast name back to what it was, by the way. I don't <laughs> like, like our new right. name. I don't I don't like the new name either, Coach. You just you just validated everything. <laughs> I tell you what, watching us yesterday, I tell you, man, I'm impressed with Carson Wentz. If he can just stay the course, we're gonna be good. How, like what do you what do you, what do you think they can be? Like you saying we're gonna be good. What do you think? You know, it's hard to say because our division is such in a flux, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I think the Giants must improve. I think yeah. Eagles are the best team in the league, in the conference, rather. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, Dallas is going to be Dallas. I mean, yes, you, as you grow up <laughs> in the, D- the DMV in D.C., you learn to hate Dallas, but I still respect your talent. They still yeah. have talent. Uh-huh. Dallas with or without that. I mean, uh-huh. they're going to win something, they're going to lose something. They're not like they were last year, though, not as good. But oh, yeah. They're good. So I think, I mean, we're going to be in the mix. We're going to be right there. That's what I'm talking about. I like to hear that. I'm, I'm the, I'm the, I'm the Redskins fan. In the oh team, yeah, so, you, know, hard. you know, hard. You know, I'm, I'm talking about. I, I grew up, you know, all my life in Redskins. I grew up. I liked the Orioles when I was growing up. Me too. See, we here. Now we here. We here. <laughs> Orioles not my team no more. I'm a new. I like the Yankees. You're a Yankees fan? What? <laughs> I lived in New York for three years, so. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, up in the upstate, that's all you get is the Yes Yet Network, so I became a yeah. fan. I love that blue. Uh, all right, you messed me up with that one. You messed me up with that <laughs> I thought you was going to say Nationals. I was like, all right, that, that makes sense. I don't, nah, I, Nationals, nah. I don't I'm with you. Yeah, I'm with you, coach. <laughs> I'm, not a, I'm a Redskin and a Yankee fan. Yeah, not the Nationals, though. I'm with you, Coach. Not the Nationals. <laughs> <laughs> so, Coach, I mean, so, Coach, when you, I mean, you got, obviously, you, you know, you coach in Baltimore. You have a bunch of fans. I mean, a bunch of players are, I'm sure they're from there. Do you talk trash about that? Like, you know, my Reds against the Betty, your Ravens, or oh, vice versa? Sunday, you know, Sundays, you know, it's a big thing. You know, everything revolves around the Redskins on Sunday. We have practices <laughs> around their game. You know, you got to practice doing their game time. I love you. Got to and depending on how they play is the mood I'm going to be in. So uh, you, you've been in a bad mood for years then. Yeah. Uh, Don't years, do that. A couple years ago, we were really good. We won the division. Yeah, see? <laughs> 79. 79, bro. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we were 79. Yeah, it's okay. We won the division, though, Coach. You're right. We won the division. We won the division. That's, that's, we're good with that. That's We're good right. with that. And that's all I. That's all. That's all the match. All right, old yeah. coach. And the Cowboys weren't. That was exactly. That was a great year. I I agree. I totally agree. All right, so Mo, all right, Morgan. Like I mentioned earlier, um, when before we you know before we started the show, you know Morgan State has you know has a new football coach in Damon Wilson. You both are Bowie State alum alumni. Mm-hmm. Excuse me. How excited are you to have him as part of the, as part of the program? And did you know him prior to being hired? I did know Damon prior to being hired. I mean, he's a good man. Um, he played for a guy that, when I was playing at Bowie, Henry Frazier was his coach. Uh, and, you know, we all knew him and watched him grow. And he's done. A, he did a great job at Bowie. And he's going to do a great job at Morgan. I was at their game Saturday against Towson. He has quickly turned that into a contending team, I think. Uh, that product looks totally different. I, I was impressed. Uh, Saturday night when they played at Towson, how they played. And I think he's going to do a really good job with this team. No, I agree. I think he's going to do an awesome job. He just seems – like we had him on the show. He just seems so structured. He knows what he's doing. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah, just knows, like yourself. You know, he knows <laughs> He knows what he's doing. He's going to get the most out of those young men. And I tell you, it's not like they got bad talent. They just uh-huh. have to be taught the way he wants them to play, and they'll be better. I'm not saying the guy before – because I thought Coach Wheatley was a good coach, but uh-huh. they seem to be buying into what uh, Coach Wilson Dame is doing, and I think they're going to be really good. I mean, they got a talent like Alfonso Graham. I mean, that kid can be playing on Sundays. Uh-huh. If he gets right, do what he's supposed to, and listen to these guys he got in front of him, 
The sky's the limit with him. I, I saw some stuff and I was like, wow, this kid is really good. So, Coach, we can get right into it. So, last season, um, you finished uh, fourth in the MEAC. Uh, what are your expectations coming into the season? Well, our goals are to to be, you know, trying to win a championship regular season and uh, postseason. You know, we have to manage those expectations, but we have to work hard. And we have been working hard in the preseason so far. You know, we get four hours a week and we do our four hours and we get after it. And, uh we want to be at the top with the Norfolk's, you know, we want to, that they are the top of the league. You know, we, we, uh -huh. we were right there two years ago, but you know, they beat us in championship. I think, you know, with the new blood we have, these guys are working hard. They're, they're like sponges. They want to win. They want to be a champion. And we talk about it every day. You know, you can't, you know, I always say, always tell these guys, you can't have a million dollar dream with a, a minimum wage work ethic. So, uh -huh. We've been really working at it, trying to get to where we're trying to go. So that's where we are right now, you know, just in the hard work phase. I mean, these guys, they idolize and they talk about these guys. Uh, they play in the NBA. And I say, you know, these guys didn't get there by, you know, like like lottery, just by hope. They work at it, you know. Like I always tell them, you know, you want to live your life like Mayweather. But you know what he always says, hard work and dedication. dedication. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you got to put the work in when nobody's watching. You know, we got some guys starting to really believe in that. So I think we got a chance. Barring injury, last year we were beat up pretty bad. And, you know, no excuses. We finished fourth. We went and played in the CBI. Um, took eight players. That's it. And a couple of them were walk-ons. So it was a two-point game with 30 seconds. But, you know, no one remembers all that. They just remember, did you win or did you lose? And we're trying to trying to uh, compete for the championship this year. I just want to say I love interviewing with coaches because it's like coaches have intuition. Whenever you give an answer, it's almost a good segue into the next question. Wally, I'm going to let you ask about the homie Austin Freeman. I'm going to skip a little bit because you mentioned just some new guys in your squad, and you also mentioned Norfolk. And, hey, we, we love doing this show. We've talked to – Coach Jones before, he's pretty much got the same squad coming back, experienced. How has your recruiting process been, and what do you think about bringing in new guys to the fold as you try to compete against the top dog in the, in, in the conference in Norfolk? You know, this is the thing, you know, that's a gift and a curse sometimes, you know. Those guys are really good at Norfolk. Mm -hmm. That's the gift about it. The curse is you never know how complacent they are. Now that they've won it a couple times, you never know. Um it's all about the process, the grind. And they, they may be trying to three-peat. They, they, they have talent. But I think now we got the right pieces to play along to beat them. I mean, we split with them in the regular season. They beat us to go to the championship last year. But, you know, I, I just think now we're primed to, to, to get to where we need to be. I think we're right there. So, so, coach, how are some of your how is the how has the recruiting process been for you? And can you tell us a little bit about some, a little bit about some of your returning players? Well, right now we have uh, the Rock, the soul of the team, Malik uh, Miller. He's back. You have uh, Isaiah Burke back. You got a kid, Will Thomas, who's come back. Who's I think is ready to take the next step. And we got a couple of big men that came back: Colin and Ty. Um, Corner. I mean, we got a nucleus of returners, but we got some really good newcomers. Uh -huh. We got Khalil, got a kid, Khalil from Philadelphia, Khalil Turner. 
Uh, 6'8 wing is special. Reminds us of Troy Baxter, athletic-wise. Uh, you got a really good point guard that came in, Daquan Copeland from Philadelphia. Um, mm. We got some good players just coming in. We got a couple of Jucos, uh, uh, Kayvon Wiggins. He's really good. He's a scorer. So we got, I think we got what we need and we can defend too now. That's the big thing. We got better defenders. So Ray mentioned, Ray mentioned about Austin Freeman. I'm a Hoya fan. I'm a Georgetown Hoya fan. I love Coach Thompson. We talked about Coach Thompson prior to this recording. Um, but, you know, um, he also was on our D, uh, DMV balling, uh, Ballers um, series, and he's a DMV legend, to be honest with you, in terms of what he's done in this area as a hooper. Um, what impact does he have or has he had, had so far on your kids in terms of how to play and also as a dude that you can show you have some kids who've seen him play at Georgetown? First of all, let me correct you. Austin is not a legend. He's not oh, a- man, are you going to do that? <laughs> That's my guy. I recruited him <laughs> Georgetown. He was uh he reminds me all the time. I was his highly he was the highly highest ranked recruit he, I ever had at Georgetown. Mm-hmm. And I think out of high school he was like fourth or fifth in the country. And he's probably right. You know, I always you know, and that was my giving back to him. You know, he I knew he always wanted to get in. I thought he had should have been afforded the opportunity other places before, and it just worked out this year that I gave him the uh, chance to be a, an assistant coach, and he's been really, really good. I mean, Austin was a special player. Don't get yeah. me wrong. Uh, McDonald's All-American uh, scored, like, I think, 1,500 points at Georgetown, 1,600, whatever it was. Baller, man. Um, baller. Straight ball. Special. Yeah, know? man. And, him and uh, me and him with his family, we go back. And I just, when I had the opportunity, I said I was going to hire, you know, two guys, you know, either I recruited or, or played for me, him and Cretchen's. Uh-huh. You know, because they know how you are and what you're about. And they can echo about you better than anybody else out there who don't really know you that's on your staff. But they know, like I got on the day about, you know, getting with a couple of these guys about the offense and they know what they expect. So it's it's a, you know, it's a great feeling to have him on the staff. You know, I wish we had someone who could score like him, play like him, um, not defend like him. I'm telling my kids that. But um, he's special. That's, and he's special to me. His family, mom and dad, they trusted me when I recruited him. It's funny, I was always tell a story. He came when it was not as, you know, you have to make it cool for these guys. I mean, Georgetown went through that period when I was yeah. doing it. We was getting it back. Uh-huh. You know? And when Vernon Macklin, he was the first McDonald's I recruited, yeah. you know, he made it cool for guys like Austin to come, Juan Summers, Chris yeah. Wright, you know, all those guys, those McDonald's guys that I have been recruiting. So uh-huh. I, I, I'm excited to have him. Yeah, so you you was responsible for that team, man. I heard there was a lot of fights in practice back then. But what's funny is, as I mentioned that, you know, Austin, like he said, came on the show, and he's a quiet dude, but he got an edge to him. Like, he would talk about how they dominated Maryland. He's like, there ain't no robbery. We dominate the turf. And and you won't expect that from him because he seemed like he's so quiet. So does he bring that kind of quiet, calm demeanor, but that edge to your staff? He's starting to come out of shell. Okay. You know. By nature, he's quiet, yes. Uh-huh. But he knows the game. He does have a passion for the game. 
And I told him, you know, just me being who I am, I said, Austin, you shouldn't be here no more than two years because you got a special gift. You should be at the highest level. And I've been at the highest level. Everyone can't do that. Trust me. Uh-huh. That's not for everyone. Yeah. He has a gift that I think he can do. It. So he's got to come out of his shell, talk more, because he knows the game. Yeah. He knows the game. So you're going to try to get Chris right, too? You know, they do a podcast at together. Point. At some point, yeah. I mean, I'm not opposed to Hey, yeah. hope the guys trust it when, you know, like I say, you know, you got to give back sometimes. They want to get in the game and people uh-huh. give them the chance. They got to start somewhere. And they trusted me. Their families trusted in me when a lot of them didn't want to go to Georgetown. Uh-huh. You know, and they came and, and they had successful careers. And a lot of my pros, I, I just talked to Vernon Macklin today, you know, and he, it's amazing just to hear the stories and some of the things they tell you after the fact, you know. So, yes, Chris, more than one. Hey, as soon as someone move on, you know. Big franchise. Not- Bring yeah. big franchise back. Yeah, that, <laughs> hey, man, Coach K does it with Duke. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. why not? But I wouldn't do it just because Coach K did it. No, no, no. I'm just, you're, I know why you're doing it. Like, you're doing it to give back. You get you what I'm saying? Like, okay, no, like, great man. Yeah, I yeah. Camps and when I started out, uh, learned a lot from those guys. One of my best yeah. friends in this business, Johnny Dawkins, played for him. So, mm-hmm. you know, I got all the re- admiration and respect for him. I'm just saying, I'm doing it because it's out of my heart. Yeah, no, I know that's what I'm saying. Like, I agree with you. I'm saying, like, you know, like that's a good thing in terms of like, I know why you're doing it. Like, you had to to the story. I know the story you talk about how you had these kids from the beginning. Like, they're they're local. You know what I mean? Like, you Georgetown wasn't sexy. Like, I know this. I'm a Hoya fan. They, it wasn't sexy. Just the, when they got Austin and, and and Chris, I was like, oh wait a minute, you get local and you get local stars. You get a McDonald local star to come to Georgetown. Two in one year. It's two in one year, exactly. So and I know. Two year before that, I think, if I remember right. Yeah, yeah it's crazy. Hey, so, hey, coach, can I ask what type of player were you growing up, real quick? Because as soon as we interviewed you last time, you know, my family from Riggs Park and my uncle hit me. I'm like, oh yeah, I used to play against him. He he had all these stories. I'm like, oh, coach Broders must have talked trash back in the day. So do you you put your imprint <laughs> how you played on your squad, man? Um, yes and no. Okay. You know, growing up in Riggs Park, you know, being light-skinned, you had to be tough. Well, Ray knows. <laughs> yeah. You know, don't take the, the, the kindness for my weakness. You know, uh-huh. I, I got a, I got a lot of grit to me, you know. Uh-huh. But, um, you know, I, I'm a product of my environment, you know, Riggs Park. And uh-huh. tough guy, only the strong survived there. So, you know, my guys, they got to be tough. That's one yeah, thing. Yeah. We, I tell you what, if you can play basketball and you got skills, we can teach you to be tough. We can't teach you to be a better basketball player. Well, we can teach you to at least fake them out like you're tough. I love it. I love it. Well, Coach, um, for you, like, what does coaching at HBCU mean to you? It means a lot, you know, because I, I look back on it and, yes, I could have went to a lot of other schools and I ended up, I started off at Grammar. Uh-huh. And it was a gift for me to go to Grambling because I look back on it, it was my people. Uh-huh. And I, you know, what really sold me was, you know, I heard the band, I saw the people that looked like me. I figured I could fit in there. Uh-huh. You know, if I couldn't go to Georgetown or Maryland back then, I wanted to be around what I was around when I went down there. Then I transferred back, went to Bowie and had a great career, you know, Hall of Fame career. And, now I'm coaching. So being at HBCU is not like just giving back. 
it's just being able to relate to these young men and telling them the truth. Uh-huh. You know, I walked in your your same shoes, black man in America. You know, uh-huh. I'm not faking it. I'm not telling you something that I didn't see or live by. So, you know, I enjoy it. Yes. Do we want to make more money? Absolutely. But you know what? It's bigger than that at this point for me because I've made a lot of money. Uh-huh. It's not just making money. It's being happy at what you're doing. I sleep well at night knowing that I gave my all every day. I tell these kids every day, I won't cheat you. I come in here every day and give them all. Don't cheat me. I tell them, this is the hardest class you're going to have all day is in this gym. Uh-huh. You know, because I'm teaching you about everyday life. Because I always tell them, look out that window out there. I said, to be honest with you, just keep looking out there. Because nobody out there gives two shits about you. Uh-huh. So the world out there. So you got to be tough and you got to make it in here. Once you make it in here, you can make it in life. That's why I always tell these guys, you know, at the end of the day, you make it on this court. A lot of those corporate Americans want to want to hire you because they want to be around athletes because they know they got the work ethic. So I love being at HBCU. I have no regrets. You know. Well, Coach, man, we, I, I know. <laughs> Signed the extension. <laughs> did. Signed the extension. You say so, I know he did. No, he did. That's what I'm saying. He, that's I, I knew he was committed. I always tell people I could have stayed in Maryland and made more money. I bet on myself. You know, I got I gotta re, I gotta remind myself sometimes why I'm here. I'm betting on myself. I'm doing what I'm supposed to do. I remember when I first took the job, big coach told me, and don't forget he said, always wanted to coach at HBCU. But mm. actually they couldn't pay me to do it. So I mean and if, if bigger and better, I'm not going to say better things, if bigger things come along, you know, we have to weigh that too. You know? I'm not going to run to say I'm coaching at X University X. I got a good job. I'm working with good people. My president's one of the best. And I don't say that just to be saying that or for someone to tell him I said it. No, he's afforded us some opportunities that you wouldn't believe. I mean, he's, he is really good. He's got a vision, major vision. Well, Coach, man, thank you for being part of HBCU Corner. Also, thank you for being part a part of, like, this whole journey and also, like, the grind of all HBCUs. Man, you're part of the mission. You know what I mean? You're part of the movement. So appreciate yeah. you for being on. Appreciate you guys having me. Keep doing great things, too, man. Well, we, we, we will try. We will try. Right, we'll we'll no, be seeing no, you. You don't have to try. Just do it. Keep doing great okay, things. I love, okay, you're right. You know what? Yeah, do it. We're going to do it. Grind <laughs> don't always get you where you want to go to. Just do it. Yeah, that's facts. Real facts right there. I wish I'd uh trademarked that before Nike. Just do it. Don't <laughs> try. You know? Uh-huh. You can do it. You're doing it. Facts. Facts. Don't let nobody get in your way. Oh, yeah. All right. We, we focus, though. We are focused. That's yeah. a fact. Okay. We are focused, man. Thanks again, thanks again Coach. All right, fellas. All right. Take All it right. easy. Have you, a good night. Be blessed. Man. All right.